This is version 25 of the Heat Wrestling Podcast, and my name is Referee Tony S. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you may be. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Referee Tony S. You can follow the show. It's at the Heat Pod. And if you have a question, send it into the Heat Pod at gmail.com or on all podcast platforms, including now Amazon Music and Audible. However, your podcast platform of choice does not have this one on it. Don't just ask for it, demand it. We'll make sure we get it on there. And as always, thank you so very, very, very much for supporting the show. On this version, I'm going to take you a little bit behind the scenes. This past Saturday night, I was fortunate enough to be given an opportunity to officiate for Capital Championship Wrestling down in Houston, Delaware. My very first professional wrestling live event officiated in the state of Delaware. And I'm going to give you a little bit as to what went on during that time. It's not going to be a very long podcast like you normally would, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of insight as to what my day was like and what went down at the event. It's going to be fun, and again, I'm very, very glad to be sharing this with you. This is version 25. It's the Heat Wrestling Podcast. Let's get to it. We are recording this on Thursday, June the 30th, Thursday evening. The sun is still out, and I am still a little bit reeling and a little bit exhausted from this past Saturday night. I was able to be presented an opportunity to officiate for Capital Championship Wrestling down in Houston, Delaware, and Capital Championship Wrestling is a new all-women's female promotion. That I was fortunate enough to be a part of. I was actually given the opportunity for the booking before Capital Championship Wrestling had really been put into existence. I was given the opportunity, but at the time, with my work schedule at the time, and I really like stability in my work life, and definitely my wrestling life and my wrestling career as well, but when it comes to outside of the ring and my work life, I really like to try to keep it consistent as possible. Yes, I like my days off, just like anybody else does. And because of the job that I do, I definitely need that consistency and those days off. But at the time when I was inquired for it, I had just come back from the gathering, I believe, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And at the time, because of the work schedule, we really couldn't put anything in place definitely. But we were still in talks, and the opportunity came for this past Saturday night, June 25th, to be a part of CCW. Now, CCW, which I will get into detail a little bit later on, has some great, great female talent, and I'll be getting into that a little bit later on. Uh, but for right now, I was really glad to be taking the booking and I decided to put everything in motion. I had put a effort into booking a rental car and I had booked a hotel, especially if I'm going to be that far away, uh, the location from the building as to the location of the proximity of my my building is about seven hours, six and a half, seven hours. So I knew that this was going to be one heck of a trip to say the very least. But I had scheduled a rent-a-car and I had scheduled a hotel just to be on the safe side. And we got everything rolling. And I talked to Marcello, who is the uh, promoter and the booker of the organization. And we gotten everything set and straightened out. And we had great communication uh, throughout, even from before the booking was even uh, put into existence. So we finally get to the week of the show and the weekend of the show. And this is really the first time that I had been booked in Delaware to officiate. I'd never officiated in a match for an event in the state of Delaware before. I'd done all the New England states, I've done Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, of course, 
Connecticut and Rhode Island. And I've done New Jersey a bunch of times when I was going for, at the time, a Women Superstars Uncensored WSU in New Jersey. When CZW was running with WSU for their double shot live events, I was not able to be a part of CZW, but that's a different story for a different time. But I was glad to be a part of WSU at the time. And really, that's part of the kickoff of the all-female promotion, you know, working the all-female promotion circuit. And we get to, you know, and I've done Charlotte, North Carolina for the gathering last year, and that was a memorable experience, and I'm glad to be going back this year to hopefully make even more history. But we get to the weekend of the show. And again, first time going into Delaware, and I'm checking, you know, how far is it going to be from, you know, the, my house, my building to the hotel, the hotel to the show, the show to the hotel, the hotel back to the house. What do I do? Do I make it just, you know, all one shots? Do I break it up? You know, just so many plans going in. But I finally made a date. Okay, I'm going to pick up the rental car for um, Friday the 25th. Sorry, Friday the 24th, the day before. I was going to pick up the rental car Friday the 24th, do go early as I could to the hotel, check in for a little bit, and then head on to the show, try to get there for call time for 4 p.m. Because the call time was at 4, and the show, the live event started at 6 p.m. on Saturday, which I definitely like the early shows, especially on Saturdays. Because a lot of people like myself were going, were coming in from, you know, long drives, whether it be from New York or, or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or even New England, as, you know, some of the talents were. So I thought of a plan. I'm saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the rental car on the 24th. I'm going to go early to the show. Get there for 4 o'clock call time. Meet everybody. See what we're going to do for the show. 6 o'clock. Show's gonna start. We're gonna figure out the matches I'm gonna do. Show will probably be over around eight eight thirty, depending on what kind of show it is. Go to the hotel, you know, grab some Wawa's. Which, knowing picture Dave Rodericks, when you go to either Delaware or Jersey, it's Wawa or nothing. And we, you know, get to the get to Wawa and then leave early and go home. Well, the best laid plans at the time don't necessarily work out the day the way that you normally would. Let me explain. So I had scheduled a rental car. I won't tell you the name of the company, but I had scheduled a rental car for the 24th on Friday. Now, I'd scheduled it, on, I'd scheduled it online as I normally would. And I said, okay, I'm going to schedule it at 5 o'clock, knowing how my work schedule was going to be, I figure, okay, if I get out around 4, 4.15, something like that, then I can head over to the, you know, head home and then walk to the rental car place, which is only about a block and a half from my house, from my building, and then, you know, pick up the car and I can start on the plan. And, nope, didn't happen. The rental car place, even though I had scheduled to pick it up at 5, the location closed at 5. So, again, why would you let somebody rent a car when the location is closed at the time you're going to pick it up? To me, that's an online issue that the company needs to rectify, so to speak. So I'd called the company, and they stated that they're going to hold the car for 24 hours. And I said, well, I shouldn't be paying for a day of using the rental car that I would lose. Because now I'm really only using it for a day, which is fine. I'm really only using it for a day. So, you know, a little bit bummed out, but that's okay. You know, plans change. You just got to adapt to it. So the next morning, I woke up. I wanted to get down there early, but... I managed to get everything together, get my stuff, get my gear, get my snacks and, you know, clothes and everything together. 
head to the rental car place, get the vehicle, 920. I get the car, Chevy Malibu, which I'm a tall guy. Doesn't really help a tall guy my like myself, especially when you're going to be driving a very long distance for the next 24 hours. So I got the car, got the vehicle, went to my place, got my stuff in it, was on the road. With traffic on the various turnpikes, whether it be the Mass uh, Turnpike, Connecticut Turnpike, New Jersey Turnpike. But I finally make it to the hotel. A little bit of trepidation. I finally make it to the hotel. I think I left around 9.30 officially. I'd gotten to the hotel about 2.30 with all the traffic that was going on. And the GPS didn't accurately give me the location of the hotel. So I was a little bit lost, but I made my way to the hotel. Finally got there. I checked in. I changed. And by the time it was 2.45, I took a look at the GPS it was going to be another two and a half hours before I was going to make it to the show. So by the time that I was going to get to the building of the show, it was going to be 5.30 and the start time would be at 6. So that doesn't give me a lot of time, but it does give me an opportunity to, when I'm on the way there, call a promoter, kind of let him know that, okay, listen, I am going to be there, but I am running late. I'm going to be there at this time. I'm just, you know, facing a bunch of traffic, so I had to let him know what was going on, which I did. So I got to the hotel at 2.30. I already paid for the hotel, and not really an expensive hotel, just something that I was going to be able to just stay in for basically half the night, but just something where I could protect myself and where I could be able to just kind of rest my head for a few hours. So, about 2.45, I changed into half of my referee gear. And normally when I am in the ring, I normally wear uh, knee sleeves for my protection for my knees. And, you know, my pants and, you know, not really my referee's shoes, but at least, you know, get the bottoms right. Get the, the, the knee sleeves and the pants that way I can just go right into change, into my, my stripes and, you know, my referee's shoes and get professional and get ready to go. So 2.45, I leave. Another two and a half hours to the building. And this past weekend, it was, I wouldn't really say it was a scorcher. But it was definitely hot. I believe it was the upper seven, upper eighties, really, and it was definitely in the nineties where I was going. So you know, I'm fighting traffic and you know police, and you know for seven and a half, eight hours from start to finish. And you know, I've got my snacks, and you know, from you know, I've got my my peanuts and my vitamin water and my. You know, I got Sirius XM going, which I found a very good 90s to 2000s hip-hop station that I was able to just kind of stay right there on that one spot. And I was so happy because knowing me, you know, I'm a nostalgia guy and I love, you know, old school 80s, 90s, 2000s music. It's just the way that I've always been. I'm just a sucker for nostalgia, I guess. I'm an old soul, let's face it. So I finally make it to the building about 5.30. Shortly before 5.30, I mean, it's no secret, you know. I'm, to, say I'm, to say I'm not going the speed limit is kind of an understatement. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going about 80 miles an hour at least because I'm trying to cut time and try to make the, the building, you know. And, you know, I, luckily I have a good GPS. It always lets me know when police are going to be by and when the animals are there. And I kind of let everybody know when they're, you know, when uh, officers are helping people on the side of the road. So, you know, I'm, I got my seatbelt on. I'm just, you know, trying to, trying to get there. So, you know, I'm crossing from Jersey. And I'm crossing through Pennsylvania to get to Delaware, you know, Dover, Delaware. I think it's right outside of it. 
and I'm in the rural part of Delaware, right off the beaches, and, you know, I'm kind of leery when it's a place I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity, but it's just a place I, I don't know. So I, I just want to make sure that, especially getting closer to the destination, I just want to make sure that it's where, you know, the, it's where it should be. And so I, I finally made it, and it was 5.30, parked right at the building, and Marcello, the promoter at the building, was already outside. Now, I'd never seen you know his picture, so I didn't know what he looked like, but he recognized me and you know, gave a nice bro dap and you know, we, we, he's like, you know, thank you, you know, for making it. And you know, I was like, thank you for the opportunity. And we talked for a little bit. I met a whole bunch of the inner workings of the CCW staff and you know, I make it into the building. So when I make it into the building, it turns out that the CCW live event is actually a combined show for, I believe it's one CW in, um, in Delaware. And I do want to kind of look that up, but I believe, yes. So it's one CW pro wrestling and they're in Delaware. So it was a combined show, a combined live event between Capital Championship Wrestling and One CW Pro. So, and I didn't know that. I kind of checked it out on the poster, but I was like, okay, let's let's see what's going on. So I, you know, I kind of see everybody, and you know, kind of make my way around. And One CW is a uh, a promotion down in the Delaware area, and you know, they've got some very good up and coming talent down there. They've they have a very good amount of um, you know talent ranging from all different classes you know of society, whether it be you know people of color, people representing pride, but they all are young and it's a very young and hungry locker room, and you know it's very laid back, very easygoing. I was able to talk to some of them, and it was very welcoming to just kind of be part of it. So I'm with the I'm with the female locker room and it was really a combined kind of space and so you know the women are kind of on one side and the men are kind of on the other side. So I head there and I knew how I was going to be officiating with uh, her name was Crystal and so I was kind of leery that I was going to be the only one refereeing the entire show, but they were able to find a referee. So I was able to uh, see Crystal and she is a new referee. She'd only been officiating for less than a year. And, you know, I was able to really kind of see where she was, you know, at, you know, in her training process and, kind of watch her matches and kind of give her feedback. And I try to do that with the new referees that I, you know, the new referees that I come across. So I had, you know, I met Crystal. We've gone over the matches and we go over the matches. There are 12 matches there. So it's kind of broken up between 1CW and CCW. And... They alternate, and this was the CCW Tag Team Tournament, the Capital Cup. It was the finals of the tournament. And I had talked to Marcello, and I just wanted him, just asked him if he knew the matches that he wanted me to have. And he told me that he wanted me to have the finals of the Tag Team Tournament. He wanted me to have the... CCW Network Championship match between Kayla Sparks and Vita Von Starr, and the CCW Championship match between Kylan King and Christina Marie. So, and I said, okay. I said, thank you very much. So I go down the run sheet, not really the run sheet, the run poster for the event, and it's a 12-match card. So 
there's, I believe, eight matches before intermission and four matches after. And the main event of the entire show is the finals of the tag team tournament. And there was a couple of changes between... A couple of changes in the car. There were some talents that were unable to make it. But through it all, you know, it was a very solid show. So I get with Crystal, and we go over the matches, and we're doing the CCW event. We're not doing the 1CW portion. They have their own talent, their own referees. And I said, all right, okay, cool. So I was able to make it. And I was able to get myself situated. I got with Crystal, and I, I think my first match wasn't until match seven, which was the match between Challenger Vita Von Starr and Kayla Sparks for the CCW Network Championship. So during that time, I was able to. At that time, I was able to give Crystal feedback as far as her officiating, kind of give her some advice as far as how I view you know, referees going forward and then kind of get ready for my, my matches. And so, and I will be completely honest with you and honest and transparent. Uh, being a referee can be the most rewarding job, one of the most rewarding jobs of the industry, even though, even though, depending on who you are, especially with, with me and the people that know closely that they do know, that they like to, some people like to limit a referee simply because they really don't respect the position, even though they think they do. And I said it to Crystal, and I'll say it again. I think when it comes to referees, you definitely don't want to limit yourself. Don't limit yourself because somebody else has already limited you. And it's, you know, there will be discouragement sometimes when it comes to being a referee, especially when you put in the work and you want to see results. And for whatever reason, it's not clicking. Now, there could be a lot of other factors that cause that, whether it be locker room turmoil or drama or politics or promoters. It could be any, any number of things. And it certainly happened to me. I'm not putting myself in a negative light here. I think every referee has faced negativity at some point during his or her career. And the problem is referees don't have that kind of support when it comes to training like the wrestlers do. Referees are kind of just, you know, the fence for themselves and have other referees kind of train you and kind of help you along. And the respect of referees, I think, can definitely be improved because of the fact of, you know, we all know what it's like to be a young kid, young guy, girl, young person, sitting in front of the TV, falling in love with professional wrestling and wanting to be a part of it. And one of the things that I had told Crystal is that you don't want to forget why you fell in love with it. The moment that you forget that you fell, why you fell in love with professional wrestling you might as well leave. You might as well leave. Because you have to keep that love and the drive, and you've got to keep yourself humble as to why you wanted to do this, whether you wanted to prove it to yourself, whether it was a challenge to you, or it was, or it was an endeavor. Whichever the case may be, there was a reason why you fell in love with professional wrestling. And you have to hang on to it. And at the moment where that love isn't there anymore, 
it's time to go. And I'll admit, I've done some pretty amazing things in my career. And I'm thankful for that. In spite of what others want. Or what others think that you should do. Or think that you should be. But I've never forgotten that the reason why I've wanted to be in professional wrestling was because I'm a misfit. I'm, you know, I'm not, yes, I'm a tall kid, but I didn't, you know, in high school, I didn't really play sports or anything like that. I was kind of, you know, behind the scenes, geek, behind the scenes kid. And so, you know, I felt for whatever reason, I felt that professional wrestling just was a way to just kind of be normal because I kind of felt that there were some other outcasts, other misfits like me. And just for whatever reason, I just wanted to think that I could play a significant, not really a significant role, but just play a supporting role in it. And I've always wanted to be a referee, just the way that I've wanted to, to be. And so through my nearly 18 years, and I've gotten discouraged. And it's so easy as a referee to be discouraged because depending on where you're at, you test yourself amongst the best. And there could be matches that you know in your heart that you could be doing and should be doing. And you also know why you're not. And you also know why you can't. And there have been promotions where I should have been, in my opinion, I think that I was... Personally, and I'm not bragging, I think that I, all around, I think I was a better official than some. But for whatever reason, whether it be timing or anything like that, let's stick you in one specific spot for a couple of years. And it really ate at me because I wanted to prove myself to be at that level where I could. And... um There came a point where I just, for whatever reason, I think that, you know, you have to prove yourself and to prove yourself and to prove to yourself that you can do this. You have to go to other places. You have to go to places where people don't think you should go or could go. And I... I viewed CCW as a, where, as a very good opportunity to do that, especially with an all-female promotion, because women's wrestling, they want to prove it just as much to anybody, that they can prove it and be just as great as the guys. And I want to help out as much as I can. And these were talents that I've never worked with before. I've never worked with any of the talents with the exception of one or maybe two. I've never worked with any of the talents before. So it was a great idea to kind of, a great move to kind of see what, what they bring to the table as far as, you know, abilities. And I've watched some of them and they want it and they are dedicated to their craft. They're dedicated. They're passionate. They want to be at that level, even beyond their level. And that's what makes women's wrestling so polarizing to me. So I finally make it to the show, not to get off track, sorry, but we make it to the show. It's showtime and it's bell time. And I've, you know, Crystal has her matches and some of the talent, some of the talent do leave immediately after their match because their drive home is two, two and a half, three hours, maybe four, depending. So sometimes they're on first and they've got to leave right after. But knowing me, knowing that I was in the main event of the combined show, I had to stay to the very end. So I'm on match seven. And in my head, while I'm going through the motions and while I'm kind of walking around and seeing Jay Lee photography, which by the way, if you're in the uh, New York, Delaware area and you see Jay Lee or if Jay Lee photography comes into your live event, they do fantastic photography work. And 
they have gotten opportunities with AEW and some of the biggest events in the area and in the country, especially when it comes to the region. They work very, very, very hard. And I had been following them for a little bit because I know that some of the people that I worked with last year, some of their favorite photos that they had taken came from J. Lee Photography. So I knew that I needed to get my picture taken uh, from them. And I will be putting that on Twitter, I believe, on Friday. That will be my new profile pic, you know, all that, all that jazz, all that social media stuff. So it was great to talk with them and meet with them and talk with Marcello and talk with some of the ICW talent and check out their matches. And pretty soon it was going to be go time for me to kind of show what I can do and to show what CCW can do. And it was my time to shine. And yeah, I get nervous. I definitely get nervous. But, you know, it's a worthy, worthy thing to be a little bit nervous because once you go through that curtain, it's showtime. Even though not all eyes are supposed to be on the referee, you're the very first person to represent that match when you go throughout the curtain, when you go through the curtain. So... I knew. All right, it's go time. So what we'll do is we'll take a brief time out. And when we come back, part two of my venture to CCW here on version 25 of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. Yo, father, last night I heard someone real bad. Elaborate, my son. What provoked this act? I wanted his belt, man. But, my son, it is written, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Hey, man, he took the first swipe. Haven't we always been told to turn the other cheek? Yes, father. But when he took that swing on me, he broke my toothpick. So I raised him high above my head and slammed him to the ground. Toothpick? You slammed a man to the ground because he knocked a toothpick from your mouth? Who do you think you are, Razor Ramon? My father, how'd you know? The new WWF generation. Put your faith in us. And this one's for Father Carrick. Oh, and this one's for Sister Joyce. This is the one can't-miss pay-per-view event of the summer. Slammiversary. This is the one innovative and brutal match where all odds are stacked against the champion, King of the Mountain. Five men will wage war for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Sting, Jeff Jarrett, the Monster Abyss, Truth, and the champion, Christian Cage. GNA presents Slammiversary this Sunday on Pay-Per-View. Back here with version 25 of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. Referee Tony S. back with you. Still resting, still recovering, but all in all, a good, good feeling here in the Palace of Wisdom as I bring you through part two of CCW. Follow me on Twitter, Referee Tony S. The show is at the Heat Pod. Have any questions, send it into the heatpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Now, when we last left you before the commercial break, I talked about. Showtime, folks. Sorry, Sting, but nearly showtime. And, you know, going through CCW, Capital Championship Wrestling, all women's promotion down in Houston, Delaware. I've never been to Delaware for a wrestling event before. So it's really a first-time thing to be able to drive by myself. I normally go with a buddy of mine, but he was unable to be there. So, you know, got a man up. You got to take that drive by yourself. So we finally hit match seven. And match seven of the 12 match card was for the CCW Network Championship between Challenger Vita Von Starr from Ring of Honor and The Righteous and the current champion, Kayla Sparks. And these two women uh, definitely brought it. Uh, they had a little bit of a feud before this matchup, they had a war of words, but Vita Von Starr 
definitely plays that heel work to a T. Um, she is definitely making a name for herself on the independent scene. You know, she definitely has a very unique look. If you've seen her on Ring of Honor, seeing the Righteous before Ring of Honor was bought out by AEW, you know what Vita Von Starr's look is, but she can definitely carry it in the ring. And for Kayla Sparks, she is becoming one of the fastest rising women wrestlers in the business today. She definitely has a big following on social media. She is very athletic. She brings it. And again, I said earlier, very passionate about the industry and her placement in it. All women, really. But very passionate about her role in professional wrestling and wanting to succeed and make it to the next level. And I think that's so refreshing because I think that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of places where they just kind of go with the motions and don't really put in 110%, even though that they do, you can kind of see it in the ring. And I think for the women, it's almost like a proving ground. Like they have to do this. They, they've got to, Go out there and be athletic and stand for something. And all these women have a message that, you know, of who they are and who they come across. And they can be, again, just as good as the guys. And women's wrestling is as good as it's ever going to be, not just on the mainstream. We're not talking about the mainstream here, even though it's possible. But on the independent level, the independent level has a lot of breakout stars just waiting for their opportunity on national television or pay-per-view or international television, whichever the case may be. Kayla Sparks and Vita Von Starr brought it, and at the end, it was a little bit of outside interference to help Vita Von Starr become the CCW Network champion. But through it all, it was a fantastic match, very good match, and again... You know, Vita Von Starr and Kayla Sparks, they made that match. I was, I wouldn't really say I was an accessory, but, you know, I like to think that if I was able to do my part and help tell their story, and that's all that really matters. And it was great to be a part of it. Great to meet them, truly. Um, I read about all the talent that I'd worked with. I've seen some of their their in-ring work, but I hadn't worked with a majority of them. So to be able to work with them, to work with Kayla Sparks and Vita Von Starr, that was a real treat. So we get to intermission. Intermission was about 10 to 15 minutes. Then we get to my second match, match 10 of the show. And that was for the CCW Championship as Christina Marie against... Uh, Kylan King, and what a championship match this was. And I said it in the last match, and I'll say it again. Both these women brought it, and I hope that the matches that I'm alluding to, hopefully that they'll be able to be released uh, for free on YouTube or something like that. But, you know, women's wrestling, especially, you know, CCW, they're definitely doing things right. And... The championship match between Kylan King and Christina Marie. Christina Marie, she's short in stature, but she is a powerhouse. She is a force, and she will do anything to win that match. And when it came to the CCW championship match, that was no exception. I got caught a little bit as far as you know being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I got backed up into the corner a little bit, but... I was able to get my bearings, but Christina Marie took control from that. But it was a physical display by both athletes, both women, when it comes to power, agility, and speed. I think both of these women brought it. I would love to see a round two. Not just of the Vita Von Starr, Kayla Sparks match, but I definitely would love to see a round two of Christina Marie and Kylan King. I think Christina Marie... 
should get another opportunity at the CCW Championship again. I think she definitely brought it to the champion. And even on it, whether it be a German suplex or a power slam or whichever high-impact move that she could do, Christina Marie proved that on any given night, she could be the CCW champion. She had the champion on the ropes, literally. She had her on the ropes, and there were a few occasions in that match where it could have been a one, two, three. And Kylan King, she's very tall. She had the height advantage. She's about maybe 5'10", 5'11", but Christina Marie kind of matched her as far as you know power for power goes, especially in that department. But it was a physical match between two women who really brought it to one another. And it's a very good women's championship match for that promotion. And definitely a staple. And Kylan King, she's getting her name out there. She recently was part of the Always Ready pay-per-view for the NWA, where she challenged Camille for the NWA Women's World Championship. So a lot of people are starting to get to know Kylan King. And I think within the next couple of years, I think whether it be Christina Marie or Kylan King or Kayla Sparks or Vita Von Starr, any of these women at any time could break out and get signed to a national promotion or an international promotion. They're ready. There's a lot of female talent that are ready to take that step. It all depends on which member of the roster, which member of the organization is willing to give these powerful women a chance. Christina Marie and Kylan King definitely run that one back, CCW, if you could. Then we get to the main event, which was the finals of the Capital Cup Tag Team Tournament. It was Valentina Vasquez and Gabby Gilbert, dangerous but fun, against the team of Riley Shepard and Becca. And Becca I've gotten to work with less than a handful of times up here in the Northeast. But Riley Shepard I've never worked with before. Valentina Vasquez I hadn't worked with before. I believe Gabby Gilbert and I have worked together once or twice, possibly. But a very good tag team match between these four women and the partnership between Riley Shepard and Becca it was a little bit of, you're not really my partner. I believe Devin McCobble was Riley Shepard's partner and she was unable to make it. And the Renegade Twins, who were scheduled to take part in the tournament, they were unable to make it, so... A little bit of shuffling the deck, so to speak. So, at the end, Riley Shepard and Becca, kind of a partner's clash a bit. Where, you know, you're not really my partner, but let's make this work kind of a thing. And Valentina Vasquez and Gabby Gilbert, who, you know, their name is called Dangerous But Fun. But, you know, good tag team work all around between... Uh, all the women, and Riley Shepard, Gladiator of the Geeks, Becca, international pop star, and then we have Gabby Gilbert and Valentina Vasquez. But I thought it was a very good finals match for the tournament. And in the end, it was Becca and Riley Shepard becoming the first winners of the Capital Cup. Whether that gets them a tag team championship match currently held by the Renegade Twins is uh, yet to be seen, yet to be declared. But through it all, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time at CCW. I was very thankful to be given the opportunity to work with some very good upcoming female talent and a very good promotion that likes to treat women's wrestling the right way. And... I definitely will be returning to CCW very, very soon. It just depends, again, on timing and everything like that. But I was very, very happy with my time at CCW and able to get my picture with Jay Lee and with Jay Lee Photography and to, you know, get a picture of Marcello and just to 
be a part of that experience. I think it was, it's good for a referee to kind of take those chances like that, to kind of bet on yourself, to have an opportunity to go out and go to a place you've never been to before, to a promotion that wants to obtain your services because they believe in you to that ability where they want to bring you in for a, a live event. And it was very humbling, but it was a very good experience. And, but it was time for me to say my goodbyes to everybody, to thank everybody, and to be on my way. And I had told an individual from behind the scenes about this podcast, the Heat Wrestling Podcast, and I had told them that I would be doing this show for them because I felt that it was a perfect opportunity to give my experience, to do a little something different. So it was time to head back to the hotel. 10 o'clock, hasta la vista, baby. Let's go to the, let's go to the hotel. Two and a half hours in, stopped, get gas at the Wawa, which I said that I would. And I was given a compliment and the Wawa from somebody who had been at the show. They said, you know, I did, I did great refing tonight. And I'm kind of taken aback sometimes by fans giving me compliments. I'm, you know, personally, I just like to do my job and get out of there. But um, it's nice to be appreciated for your work. It's nice to be appreciated for people that, you know, see you and see you for the, the good job that you do. It's a humbling thing to, to hear. And I appreciate him and I thanked him for it. I got my gas and headed on to the hotel. Felt myself, you know, it's one o'clock and you know, I put all that adrenaline in on my matches and took my breaks when I needed to take my breaks. Made it to the hotel shortly after one o'clock in the morning. And went immediately to sleep, set my alarm, woke up at 5.45, took a shower, got everything ready, made sure I didn't want to leave anything behind in the hotel. You know, that bad feeling that you get when you, you're already on the road and you've already checked out and you've left something behind. So I just wanted to double, triple, quadruple check just to make sure that I didn't leave anything behind. I was on the road at 6.30 on Sunday morning. I was on the road at 6.30 in the morning, and I was back in my city at 10 o'clock in the morning and dropped my stuff off, went to fill up the car, Returned the car about a mile away to the rental car place, left a note, walked a block and a half to the to my building. And I was exhausted. I, re- I think I was exhausted for, I think, two days, two or three days after because of all that driving that I, that I did. And again, I'm a tall guy, so I had to push the seat with a Chevy Malibu all the way back, kind of stretch my legs a bit. But through it all, I'm very proud of being able to be given the opportunity to be a part of CCW. And again, I will be a part of CCW very, very, very soon. Uh, it just depends on timing again and uh, what takes place. But again, I, I can't thank the talent that I worked with, the behind-the-scenes staff. I can't thank Marcello. I can't thank... Jay Lee Photography, I can't thank Rita Von Starr, Kayla Sparks, Valentina Vasquez, Gabby Gilbert, Becca, Riley Shepard, Kylan King, Christina Marie, all the talents that, you know, I can't thank Crystal enough for helping uh, me officiate on that. I can't thank ICW, sorry, I can't thank 1CW, and I can't thank CCW for giving me an opportunity to be a part of that. And to main event, uh, a combined show with two organizations. So, again, it was a very humbling experience. And it took me a couple days to kind of recover from it. And I was originally planning on doing this podcast on Tuesday to record it for Friday. But I was not. (laughs) I needed that time for myself. 
uh, my work had told me, did you want to work Tuesday? I said, I can't, man. I I am not physically back to 100% yet. But, again, thank you to everybody at CCW. Um, thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for your dedication to women's wrestling. And thank you for your professionalism. It means a lot to be a part of it. And I definitely will be joining you guys very, very soon. I really do hope that you check them out. They're putting out great content and great live events in the Delaware area. For more information, you can check them out. Follow them on Twitter at CCWAction. Which, by the way, they have two live events, two specials rather, coming to Title Match Network. The first will be devoted to the current CCW champion, Kylan King, entitled appropriately enough, I am the mother effing king, and the best of Capital Championship Wrestling. Both of those will be premiering on Title Match Network July 11th. Definitely want to bookmark that on your calendar. And for more information on those, as well as how you can watch the last live event that I participated in, Breaking Point, through Title Match Network, Follow Title Match Network on Twitter as well, at Title Match WN on Twitter. Capital Championship Wrestling will return August 6th with their anniversary show entitled Blood in the Sand. Follow Capital Championship Wrestling on Twitter for more information as far as that live event goes and how you can get tickets to check out CCW in your area. Definitely follow them, check them out, support them. Thank you once again for allowing me to be a part of that live event this past Saturday in Houston, Delaware. And thank you for your hospitality, again, your professionalism, and thank you for your devotion to women's wrestling and the professional wrestling industry in general. It means a lot, and I definitely hope to see you there at a CCW live event very, very soon. As far as this podcast goes, this one is in the history books. Thank you so much for joining me here on this very special version 25 of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Referee Tony S. The show is at the Heat Pod. And if you have a question or comment, send it into the Heat Pod at gmail.com. We're on all podcast platforms. And if applicable, please leave a four or five star review. It greatly benefits the show. And I really, really appreciate you for checking us out. Greatly appreciate it. Have a great, safe, and blessed day, everybody. We'll see you right back here for another version of the Heat Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.